You're listening to the Higher Ideas Podcast, where ideas grow. Connect on Twitter, YouTube, iTunes, or higherideas.net. Now here's your host, I. Hello, fellow human, and welcome back to the Higher Ideas Podcast. A couple days ago, over at my Facebook page, I decided to put up a poll asking any listeners who have joined me there um, to vote on what they'd like to hear me talk about this week. And the result was a resounding 100% vote on spirits and spirituality. But in all honesty, that was because there was only one vote, which is only fair because I didn't warn anybody about this, I just decided to do it. So the one voter this time around was a listener named Kendall, who has been a very involved supporter of this podcast, and I really appreciate that. So, Kendall, this one's for you. The first thing I can say about spirits, uh, ironically, is that I don't know that much about spirits. There isn't that much I can say with certainty about spirits, especially um, the physics or the rules or the dynamics around spirits that is disembodied minds or beings or consciousnesses, right? Disembodied life forms that seem to exist on the energetic realm, um, purely as energy, on some plane that is partly involved in our physical plane, but mostly seem to originate from some place uh, beyond it, or not necessarily beyond it, but somehow above or below skewed, skewed away from our level of reality, but near neighbors, still involved. Um, one way to think about it is programs running on a computer, right? The computer and programs are intertwined, but the world of a program and the world of a computer are very different planes. You've got the computer, which is very concrete and physical, made of metal and silica and, and all sorts of constructed mineral materials. And then you've got the programs, which exist virtually on these microchips, which exist as pure movements of energy, specific patterns of energy that are almost alive. There are processes processing on this substrate of technology. So while they're absolutely intertwined, they exist on completely different levels. So this is how I understand the difference between the physical world and what you would call the spirit world, right? This other level of reality that runs mostly through energy and, and processes rather than concrete matter. And in my personal experience, I can say that I know that somehow or another, these spirit life forms, you might call them, are able to uh, sometimes incarnate become physical, at least temporarily enough, to affect this world. And I can say that with certainty because I've experienced it. In episode 42, I shared just a piece of this experience in 2013, which has become this book I've been talking about, um, where for a week I was witnessing really concrete interactions between disembodied spirits, disembodied minds that somehow or another were able to become concrete enough to interact with the environment, with objects in a space, and the most uh, extreme case, with me. I have been touched physically 
by invisible, intangible spirits. It makes absolutely no sense. And that's why I can't really say anything concrete about that matter, except that it happens. It can happen. It did happen to me. And look, I'm a skeptic. I'm a scientist at heart. And I was terrified. I allowed myself to, to be pushed all the way to the most extreme edges of terror, to the point where I was a hair away from losing my mind. But things only got that far because all along the way, I couldn't accept that it was happening. The only reasonable explanation for what I was witnessing as a doubter, as a scientist, was that it wasn't happening and that I was crazy. Nothing else made sense except I've gone crazy, I'm ruined forever. My mind is broken. But of course, the truth was I had to accept at the end, and I still am convinced that what I witnessed that week were spirits physically manifesting. However impossible and crazy it sounds, I was finally convinced this is real. So in the two and a half years since, I've devoted quite a lot of thought to trying to explain it. And as I said, I can't. I can't explain the rules and mechanics and physics of a dimension that is beyond the one I'm in right now. Um, it, it's just a futile effort. Without going there and studying that place, I can't say much. But there are many things I can say on the topic of spirits, on the subject of spirits, uh, conceptually and theoretically. So this is what I'll try to get into today. So, first order of business. Spirits exist. Absolutely. And I can prove it to you right now. So prepare to be amazed as I prove to you in the next minute or two that spirits exist beyond any shadow of any doubt. But first I have to set the stage. So let me take a moment here to blow some ceremonial smoke and sing a little ceremonial tune for the spirit. So take a breath, relax, open your heart, don't be afraid. Here we go.
The spirit is here. The spirit is you. You are the spirit listening to me right now, inside your own head. You are the spirit. It's undeniable, fellow human. You are a spirit. You are a ghost. There is no way to detect you. There is no way to capture what you are. No matter how we try to convince ourselves that we are some kind of result of physical process, we can't capture what we are. We exist. Our minds, our consciousness exists in the spirit world on a level beyond the physical. Even if we extinguish when our bodies die, it can't be denied by any of us that this spark of consciousness, this awareness inside each of us watching what's happening, sensing what's happening in your body, through your body, this thing that you are inside yourself is not really here. It exists like a program on a computer. Your body is your computer. Your brain is your hardware. But you, the process, the energetic aware, awareness, is a spirit. Exists as pure energy, a process happening that is uncapturable, that is immeasurable, that is beyond. We exist in the spirit world. And somehow, we have manifested physically in these bodies. And the same goes for every other living thing. So now we've established it. Beyond any shadow of a doubt, proven by your own existence, if you're really real in there, if you're really aware, like I'm really aware, or at least I claim to be, you can never know. You can never know that any other being on this planet is really conscious like you are. You are the only one who knows that you exist, that you are a soul, a mind, inside of this thing. No matter what language you use, the scientific, the spiritual, it can't be denied that you are an intangible thing, a massive thing, and yet absolutely untouchable. You're a ghost existing inside of a body. We exist virtually, just like a computer program, and just like these disembodied spirits who are also in this system somewhere. So just like I promised, I just proved to you spirits exist. The proof is between your own ears, behind your own eyes. And the ironic thing is you'll never be able to prove yourself to me, and I'll never be able to prove myself to you. That is to say that I'm conscious and not a dream that you're having. Um, not some really convincing uh, machine that seems to be conscious, an organic machine that seems to be just as conscious as you, but you'll never know that I'm conscious. You can't touch what I am. You can't feel what I am. You can't measure what I am. You cannot prove that I'm really here, and I can't prove that you're really there. But of course, we give each other the benefit of the doubt because each of us knows, hey, I'm real, and I'm human, and here are all these other humans around me, and they seem to behave and think and speak in the same way that I can behave and think and speak, and we can communicate and, and sense each other through our actions and our words and our expressions. So we just assume that everyone else also is alive in there, just like me. And all of these beings, these intangible, unprovable beings, are each different manifestations of spirit. 
awareness. This is what I'm getting at here. In other words, you can say that spirits are consciousness. Anywhere there is consciousness, there is a spirit. For example, your own body, this thing that、uh, you're plugged into, this thing you're experiencing this level of reality through, is made of spirits. What I mean by that is your cells. Every cell in your body, I believe, is conscious to a small degree, some low basic level of consciousness that allows it to perform its duties and imbues it with the will to continue and survive. Let's put it this way、um, your stomach cells、uh, all come together to create a functional stomach for you. But if you were to somehow enter the world, Of stomach cells and become a stomach cell, you would see a society of stomach cells all trying to survive individually、um, with this fiery will to continue and even dividing and multiplying,、uh, having children. Generations of cells happen throughout your life. Your body is constantly producing new cells to stay fresh and stay alive. And in my opinion, Of course, this can only be my opinion. I do believe, I do feel that every one of these cells must, on some level, want to go on and want to reproduce and want to survive. And that's all they know. All they know is what they need to know to continue. And if you were to ask these stomach cells, why are we continuing? Why must we keep making more stomach cells? And what are we doing here, all of us together? Uh, we seem to create this grander thing which we would call an organ, your stomach. But in their small level of consciousness, they would only know what the hell are we doing? Each of us individually working side by side, somehow bound together in this place that is sometimes pleasant and sometimes、uh, unpleasant. There's a lot of hard work happening here, and there's contractions, and there are acids, and, and we're spitting stuff out and, and sucking stuff in, and some of us are dying, and some of us are sick, but there's always new ones being born, right? This is a society of spirits, of low consciousness spirits, these stomach cells of yours, going through all kinds of dramas and, and、um, transformations throughout your life. Without any awareness of what's going on on the higher level. Only that they, they feel they must go on. They feel they're doing something important. Right? And of course, you, as the higher consciousness within your body, know that they're working hard so you can exist. They are toiling life after life and generation after generation just so you can have a stomach, so you can feed a brain. So your mind can exist in this place. And the same goes for every other organ and, and system in your body. Everything in your body is made of tiny little beings, tiny little cells with tiny little minds, however basic they are.、Um, awarenesses toiling on their individual piece of the puzzle that is you to keep you this amazing giant machine working. So, you're made of spirits. Now, let's examine this concept a little bit more.、Um, I just spoke about two levels of spirit. You've got individual little cells,、um, each of them performing their, their minute duty for a greater system that is your stomach. But then you've got your stomach. 
And it can be said uh, that somewhere in your brain, there is a section responsible for controlling your stomach, right? Scientifically, we have to agree with this. Then we're able to say that on some level, your stomach is aware on a grander scale than individual stomach cells, right? So there is an even higher mind at work in your stomach, controlling input and output, contractions and decisions, all sorts of, of, of mechanical decision and steering is happening in your stomach, yes, but of course connected to the physical brain itself making higher decisions. And again, in all the organs, the same thing is going on. In your heart, you've got a bunch of heart cells, which are small spirits, which create some grander being called your heart, which pumps away and it's filled with the will to survive. Pump, pump, pump. Really, your heart is the core of your living body, more so than your mind. And there is a lot of science out there that points to the fact that your heart has its own kind of brain and is, is a brain in its own right. So there again, you have some kind of larger spirit called a heart made of smaller spirits called a cell. Now, even a scientist can jive with what I'm describing here because you may disagree that there's consciousness in there. But you have to agree that I'm only using different words to describe scientific facts that a heart is made of cells, and that cells work together to form a heart. And then all of these organs work together, as I've discussed in Mind Yoga 2, um, episode 31 of this podcast. Um, I dissected an entire human being to show you that all of these organs work together to create one functional you. So now let me make another statement that can't be denied, and that is that every single one of these cells on some level, are you, you're in there. So what I'm saying here is in this conscious view of the entire human machine, I would assume that these consciousnesses at work inside every little cell in your body is a slice of your consciousness. That if you went down there and, and became one of these cells, it would be you, just like you in your mind right now, the same spirit would be filtered down into all of these mechanisms of your body, but uh, with a lower mind. You would completely forget that you're part of a body. You would be only concerned with what work needs to be done. What am I doing? I'm pure reflex, but I'm aware. We must keep going. We must continue. Um, what is going on, right? You'd be a lot more blind and a lot smaller if you became one of your own cells. But what I'm saying is that I suspect the consciousness that's there is still you on some lower, smaller level of this entire machine. Now, I hope I'm not losing anybody because we're changing dimensions all over the place here, right? We're going all the way down into cells, higher up into individual organs, and then even higher up into the entire human being, which is where it feels we are as, as conscious human beings that interact and communicate. Each of us is the entirety of the conscious spirits inside of our body, keeping everything going. And we, as the mind inside of each of these humans, aren't really aware of all the cellular work going on because it's not our business. We're not aware of the lower levels on a conscious level because we're busy with this level, the world level, interacting with each other, making decisions on this level 
on this macro level to survive, to keep this body safe, to get this body food, to reproduce this body, right? Um, we exist just like a cell, limited in consciousness, um, limited to what we need to be doing as part of this entire machine. Now, let's not stop there. Let's keep going higher. It makes sense to me that things don't stop here. They just keep going higher and higher. Let's assume for a moment that just like a cell in a body, each of us is a cell in a greater body, moving a greater body in a way that none of us individually is aware of, but all of us are participating in, driven by instinct, driven by reflex or desire or, or internal orientation. So this greater organ that all of we humans create together would be called the human spirit, right? Some kind of global organism which is changing this world in all kinds of very concrete ways. The human spirit, the human organism globally is a living, real thing that is moving this world that is causing all kinds of havoc in some ways and can cause all sorts of salvation in others if we small cells, we individuals, would only wake up and realize that we're driving a greater body and that each of our individual lives and decisions affects the movement of this great being, the human spirit. So we've just explored all sorts of different levels of spirit from the smallest cell in your body all the way up to global humanity. And at all of these levels, consciousness becomes greater, awareness becomes greater, and power, uh, power to manipulate the world becomes greater. A cell, a skin cell in your foot doesn't have as much power to change the world as we do as conscious beings, right? And an individual doesn't have as much power to change the world as an organization of individuals. Organization. Organ. Just like cells come together to make a functioning organ, individual people can come together to create a functioning organ that can move more influence in the greater body of humanity. I really hope I'm describing this properly so far because it is really difficult to... Uh, to put into words this awareness of consciousness existing on multiple levels of creation. And really what I'm beginning to describe here is called the animistic worldview. A worldview that says that behind everything in existence is awareness, is consciousness. Um, it is a, a sort of mental exercise of putting consciousness, of, of assuming, of, of giving the respect of assuming consciousness in all things. And when you look at the world through that kind of, uh, of lens, a lot of things start to make sense. Now let's stretch beyond humans. Let's look at animals. The exact same thing is at work. In the cells of an animal's body, there would be a lower level of consciousness of that animal. And of course, altogether, these cells would create an animal, let's say a fox. And in the mind of this fox, I believe there is just as much awareness of existing as there is in your mind and my mind. If I give you, fellow human, the respect of assuming you are conscious, I must give other living things the respect of assuming they're conscious too. 
Um, if we remove that, that assumption, it allows us to do all kinds of brutal things. Now, I'm not saying let's not kill animals because that is part of life. We do have to all kill each other to survive. But when you remove, um, consciousness, the, the, the assumption of consciousness from other living animals, it puts you in a position where you can suddenly torture them, you can abuse them, you can mistreat them because they're not really conscious, they're just some kind of robot, right? But after looking at the human body analogy of different organs, different types of cells forming different organs in a grander system, you can look at animals the same way. Every animal is like a different organ in this global being that is life. So cats have their own purpose in this organic system. Dogs have their own purpose. Mice, mosquitoes, flies, birds, whales, fish, frogs, snakes, plants, insects. The entire thing is, is a massive jumble of organic organ systems in this gigantic global living being called life on this planet. And in the animistic worldview, in the worldview of everything has spirit, of course, each of these is conscious and each of them are working some mechanism for this grander earth. And in my personal view, the earth as a whole does have some grand, massive consciousness existing within all of this organic circuitry that we all participate in somehow collecting all of the experience of all of our senses all of our lives which inform and feed and direct some kind of massive global creature that is the living earth which has its own massive soul in which you and i and every other living thing is a part just like every cell in your body is a part of making you. So what I'm describing here is a hierarchy, a tree, a branching system that starts as one massive source, one massive trunk, and splits off into smaller and more multiple branches, right? We can literally map life out that way from the beginning of life on Earth all the way through the evolutionary branches. It is a tree. And what I'm saying is, this life on Earth isn't just a tree that can be grafted out over time, but in every moment of existence, it is a, a coherent, branching, hierarchical system. Just like your body, just like cells, to organs, to your body, to you. These are all different branching levels, all of them conscious in different ways at each level. So your cells are not consciously aware of your consciousness as a mind, and your mind isn't aware of the consciousness of your cells. We exist at different levels of this branching hierarchy. So I think if there is a mind to the earth, it isn't exactly aware of all our individual minds. It is vaguely aware of us because we are its body. We are all part of its body. But maybe there's a disconnection there. Maybe it's doing its own thing, managing its own space-level thoughts, right? This thing is a thinking planet. It's not thinking about your bills. It's not thinking about uh, your breeding. It's only thinking about its global survival and manipulating systems in a big way that's so high-level and so big that we may not even see it moving. 
but if we could map out movements in evolution and and populations of creatures and 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 um and breeding habits shifting and all sorts of animals and and uh decisions to move to a different fields to feed and migrations proceeding in slightly different ways as the year before we could probably start to see this great creature moving and making decisions over time and of course it can't be denied again the language of science Evolution historically has been a constant changing and moving of this global animal, the living earth. And just like I assume you have consciousness, just like I assume every other creature on this level of, uh, of awareness has consciousness, I also assume that the global level of life has its own kind of consciousness. And at each of these levels, you would call all of these spirits. Just like I have a spirit, just like a cell in my leg has its own kind of spirit, just like my intestines have a spirit of their own, uh, concerns and, and worries and aims and wants and needs of their own, so does this higher level system. As above, so below. The entire thing is filled with consciousness. Now, what gave me this idea, what brought this awareness of multi-level consciousness uh, into my awareness was that experience of 2013, because among the spirits who visited my space, there was the human spirit, the global soul of humanity. It explained to me that that's exactly what it was, and it described to me its intent, its purpose, it was a real conscious thing, operating things on its own level, on this scale that was as long as human history. Ever since humans have existed, this spirit has existed and has been developing and shifting over time. And it appeared in my ayahuasca ceremony for its own specific reason, to affect me in a specific way, to communicate something with me, this rare moment of communication between the higher spirit of humanity and me, my little individual piece of humanity, with an important message to shift me in a way that it needed me to shift. And again, there was another spirit, the spirit of frogs. The spirit that as far as I can feel and, and detect was some kind of higher soul, higher awareness formed out of every frog in the area. And this thing approached me for its own reason, for its own ends. And so on and so forth with all kinds of different creatures of, of living nature, which showed up in that space concretely and approached me, each for their own reasons. But of course, the grandest spirit that came in that ceremony was the global spirit of life on Earth. And let me tell you, that spirit was massive and powerful and downright godly. You could imagine if your minds could come down and speak to a skin cell, how overwhelmed that skin cell would be, how much difficulty that skin cell would have in understanding what it was speaking with. Such a grand and massive mind you are compared to its tiny little simple life. Um, this is what I was confronted with in this massive Gaian spirit, you can say, the consciousness the living mind and soul of this earth. That was another spirit of a whole other level. I encountered all of these spirits that week, most of them that first night. And as I said, in the last two and a half years, 
uh, in trying to understand each of them individually, trying to figure out what they were, how they exist, I eventually realized this multi-level view of everything. Uh, I do believe that in the branching system of, of these hierarchies that create life on Earth, every node in this branching system, that is every place branching happens, there is another level of consciousness there. So there is a level of consciousness at your individual cell level, and where they meet as an organ, there is a higher consciousness there. And where all of your organs meet, that is you, there is your consciousness. And where all of our efforts meet, there is the human soul, the human spirit, the global human spirit. And at, the, of course, the top level on this planet, all of life on Earth, there is the Gaian spirit of which humanity is only one piece, only one organ, shared by every other kind of life on this planet. So it is a very complex machine, this living Earth system. But that's how I've mapped it out. At every branching point in this hierarchy, there is a different kind of consciousness. There is a different kind of spirit there made of smaller spirits. So everything is a spirit in this world. Everything has a spirit. And so you can see how uh, the spirit formed out of all humans, for example, doesn't have a body that we can easily see because we're all a division of its body. We're all a division of its efforts, creating some kind of uh, network, which is some kind of intangible organ, right? But yet you can touch it. You can touch you. You can touch the person next to you. We just don't see how we're all interacting on this higher scale to see the organ at work. Just like cells in your stomach don't necessarily understand that they're all working together to create an organ that is doing very complex things. Everyone is only aware of their tiny piece of the puzzle. So although these consciousnesses that exist at levels above us that are grander than us, that, that we don't have direct contact with and don't see at work because they're so diffuse and so big. Somehow, these moments of manifestation I experienced were moments of them coming down to our level, appearing somehow in the fabric of reality to do very important work in these ayahuasca ceremony situations I describe from 2013. Somehow or other, in a way I don't understand at all. In the context of an ayahuasca ceremony, the gates opens between all of the levels. And these higher level spirits that exist on layers above us were able to manifest, communicate, and interact. And not only that, but the opportunity opens to communicate within yourself to your lower spirits, to your organs, to your cells, which is how a lot of physical healing can happen in the context of an ayahuasca ceremony. All of the layers can cross and interact in ways that are necessary to lead to healing and growth and health of the system in these amazing, sacred ayahuasca moments. And look, the scientist in me will always have 
some little resistance to what I've described here today because you can't prove it. You can't prove that there is consciousness in your cells. You can't prove that there is another kind of consciousness in your stomach. You can't prove that there is a disembodied soul consciousness to the entire human enterprise. And you can't prove that the entire living earth has its own massive mind uh, occupied with its own thoughts. You can't prove any of that. But fellow human, I can't prove that in you. And I can't prove that which I know is in me, the awareness, the soul that's in me. I can't prove it to you. There is no proof of this thing because it exists beyond this motherboard, which is reality, physical reality. It exists intertwined with it, but also completely beyond it. And for any scientific thinker out there that's still trying to find a way to connect, to swallow what I'm trying to describe here, here's the thing I tell myself to satisfy that little piece of me that still refuses to accept without proof. When confronted with the idea that there is consciousness in everything else in this world, including maybe even rocks, when confronted with that possibility, the way to accept it is to realize it can't hurt to accept it. If I accept you are conscious and worthy of respect, it can't hurt, just like it can't hurt to assume that my pet cat is conscious, just like me, and worthy of respect, just like it can't hurt to accept that a tree is conscious, like me, and worthy of respect. It is a worldview that affords respect to everything because it affords them awareness. And when you remove that, you become a disrespectful, abusive user, an asshole, a manipulator, basically what humanity as a whole is doing right now on this planet. We've removed the respect of, of assuming spirit in all of nature around us so that we can abuse it, so that we can exploit it, so that we can do terrible things that kills entire sections of it, wiping out entire organs of this even greater system called Mother Earth. And if we could all only assume the opposite, that all of it is conscious, all of it is spiritually valid and aware, we'd stop real quick. In many ways, I've been describing the worldview of many native cultures of this world, cultures that still live very close to nature, to animals, to all of these other beings of spirit manifested in this game of life. And for them, maintaining that idea, that assumption of respect, that there is a worthy life aware inside of all of these natural resources... It has led them to live for generations, countless generations, in balance with nature, in perpetual success, in perpetual health, in perpetual sustainability. But if any of these cultures suddenly shifted their worldview to ours, that none of these animals are conscious, there is no spirit in anything but me and maybe my neighbor, then they would just become ravenous destroyers of this world, as we modern urban humans have become. So that is the value of the spiritual worldview, of the animistic worldview, which affords the assumption of respect that everything else around you is as conscious as you are. So that's only been a slice of what I can say about spirits. I'll probably attack this some more in a future episode, but for now, I'm going to leave you with that. 
And look, as I said, it can't hurt. It can't hurt to adopt that view. It only helps the world. And even if you're scientifically wrong in the end, you'll have been living life as a more respectful, better person than if you assume nothing else is conscious. So try it out. Walk with it for a while. It really can't hurt. And you may find yourself walking suddenly in a much more amazing world. And if you'd like to know more about this insane week in the jungle, um, contacting spirits and, and having my worldview absolutely turned upside down to what it is today, you could find the entire story in my book, which is available at terrorandmiracles.com. All of the proceeds go towards supporting me and this podcast so you can continue to have this thought-provoking, enlightening content. And of course, you could always find me at higherideas.net, where I invite you to listen to other episodes, to share any episode you find valuable um, through the Facebook links there. And of course, way down at the bottom, you will find social media links. I invite you to join me on Facebook as a friend so you can keep track of every new episode upload, take part in the polls for future episodes, and generally keep track of events over here at Higher Ideas. And that's all for today. So until next time, fellow human, keep thinking. <laughs>